0: Even better than I was the last time, baby. We back I'm good good. than
1: I was the last time, baby. ah. We back and we back and we back and we back and we back
2: and we back and we back Well all right Uh, what do we call this? Rinky dinking the reboot or something? I guess. I don't know. It's been a while. The uh the greatness of Mike Haika is here. Probably full of questions and opinions and and mayhem as usual. True, Mike? Yes. yes. Mostly about you and your citizenship. No, oh, whatever. We'll get to that at some point minimally. <laughs> and Jeff Totes, who will act, he's at one of the more important persons on the uh, Rinky Dinking podcast, obviously, as he's been invited to go to Edmonton. Uh, he'll be a part of the bubble. He'll be an insider. You thought you were an insider, Mike. I thought I was an insider.
0: Nope. Nope. Jeff, when, uh, when, they, were, when they were putting together the list of which 50 to bring, it was really important to Jim Nail that they had a podcast correspondent. And so that was, <laughs> that's what they're bringing me for.
2: I, I heard they had internal debates. And and they winnowed it or winnied it. Was it winnow or winnie? Winnow, I think right? Winnowed. Yeah. Yeah, winnowed it down to who is most expendable? <laughs> <laughs> who could we no, lose? Who could we leave in Canada? <laughs> yes. Uh no, good. Your your content is, is usually the best pumped out of our uh ether anyway, so uh good stuff. Um man. I, I hope you didn't watch everything on Netflix though. During the shutdown, because (laughs) you're going to need some stuff to do, right? Are you just going to follow guys around all the time?
0: That's true, yeah. It's now producing content instead of consuming, so.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm
1: already through Netflix. Well, hey, did you guys. I looked this this up today.
2: I looked this up today. You know, since they're not calling this a reboot, are they? What are they calling it? It was a follow Return to play. Return to play. Return to play. Well, I'm calling it a reboot, and the term reboot goes back to the 1970s. The prefix "re" uh, added to "boot," and you understand what this is from, right? Reboot. Yeah, of course. To load something, uh, a program into a computer from a disk. That's that's to boot something. Young Toast, did you know that, Mister Computer Savvy?
0: No, but I, well, I make that. I couldn't figure it out at first. Interesting.
2: Yeah. So where were we? Uh, (laughs) Let's let's, game lose (laughs) the street. No, no, no. Why the negative immediately, Mike? I know you said where were we? (laughs) Let's first answer this question. What 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 is this? Is it a new season? Is it a second season? Is it a continuation of the season? Is
1: what is it? It's an interesting question because the the round-robin games will be played under regular season rules with a shootout, whereas the other playoff games that will be happening at the same time will be played under playoff game rules with extended overtime. And then how do you, you know, if you care, how do you deal out the stats on that? You know, if if Tyler Sagan has a – this, this is <laughs> not a year for stats,
2: Michael. <laughs> stats don't matter. You, don't, you know the old line about statistics anyway. You know, they're like bikinis. They show a lot, but they don't show everything. So let's just forget about the uh, statistics because it's not going to be about that. Uh, but, I mean, is this – is it an experiment? Is is it, uh, is it just – a finish? What? What is it? It's something Stanley completely different, some yeah. I guess. But played in front of no fans, and all in the same uh, two cities. I like think it's wild. That's what it is. This is a, this is a a wild uh, concoction of a playoff tournament in some ways, and yet it's going to be played the way the old Stanley Cup playoffs were. Best of sevens. And, but they're going to be played in the same spot and the teams that are playing one another are going to be in the same building all the time. It'll be like the Olympics. Well, yeah, in a, yeah, well, That's probably the closest uh, simile to, to what they're going to try to put forth. But there were people in the stands at the Olympics and there were other athletes around in the village. It, It's crazy. It is is When you look at it, there had to have been times with the league when when they were writing stuff down and spitballing this thing where they were like, okay, no idea is a crazy idea. And a bunch of them obviously sort of sifted their way into this thing. And they came up with the best case scenario to conclude the season or hand out the Stanley Cup. Really, it's a it's a uh, means to an end to have a, a league champion this year because everything else doesn't matter.
1: True? Yes, I agree with Well, I mean, the the process in getting it on television and trying to make money from it, I do think all that matters to them. But you're right. I mean, this is – they want a champion. Uh, they want a champion for the season.
0: Yeah.
2: And the, the chance of complete success, you give it uh, as a percentage what?
1: Um, that's a really good question. I really hadn't gotten that far in the process. Um, I, my guess is they'll do it. My guess is they'll crown a champion. And so I'm going to, you know, give it an 80, 90% chance of complete success. I don't think they're going to shut it down. No. And, and the
2: fact that it's, it's going to be played in Canada uh, is a whole different geopolitical <laughs> issue altogether. But, uh, and, the, the chances of complete success go exponentially up with with the fact that it will be played north of the border just because of COVID numbers, which we'll get into later. Um, so the COVID shutdown, it's, it kind of changed things, right? Uh, oh so, <laughs> so first, uh, how has it changed the Dallas Stars Hockey Club? Let, let, let's weigh in on that first, and then we'll get into our own individual changes and life changes?
1: Um, I think it it may have helped them. Uh, I think it may have helped them the most because you look at the fact they're now the fourth place team. Uh, They get to play this round robin tournament to kind of get their legs back with, I mean, if they lose every game, they're still the fourth place team. So it's not like they lost anything and they got three games to play. Um, And then you get the reset of you know, Coming in here, Tyler said something today that I thought was interesting because he said, I asked about the adversity they'd gone through this season and whether that helped, and he said it kind of, he goes, I thought it was going to be a big advantage for us because we had gone through so much adversity and other teams hadn't. He goes, but kind of now everybody's gone through this mm. adversity, so it kind of yeah. evens the playing field a little bit. Um, so there is that, but I also do think that uh, Corey Perry or Joe Pavelski, you know, they, they kind of get – got into this almost like they're joining an Olympic team where, you know, they, you know, they've gone through the process of leaving San Jose and Anaheim and now they're Dallas stars and they start right from the start. And, and, you know, the hope is that having veterans like that could help you in the playoffs. And these are two, you know, maybe the most two most experienced uh, playoff players on the team right now. So you hope that that helps them. And then you go back to the fact that I think Rick Will, or Rick uh, bonus, uh, has had some time to, to look at a lot of things, and then with Rick Bonus, he was kind of you know dumped right into this uh, after 16 years as an assistant coach, and so he had to just start swimming. And I think this time off has allowed him to look at how he can be a head coach, and I think he'll I think he'll attack it differently. So you know I think that'll be an advantage for him, and I think it'll be an advantage for the Stars. Yeah, it's an interesting point about the adversity because I. Uh... I was thinking
2: the same thing, like this group had built up this sort of roll your eyes, shrug your shoulders at anything that uh, was thrown at them or how things went well or or poorly uh, just with the way the season had gone. And there's a there's an advantage to having that that characteristic within your group come playoff time, obviously you know, a lot of stuff goes on and good things and bad things. And you just sort of, if you can stay down the middle uh, and just cruise, those teams seem to be the ones that, that go the farthest. Now you have everybody that's, that's been, you know, ripped apart and dealt with family issues and global issues and uh, a different world in this pandemic and um, social unrest and everything else in the, in the States. So it, they are kind of. That's the interesting thing about the 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 pods or or the bubbles. This restart here is that everyone is truly starting from the same spot. Uh, you know, if you had injuries to key players, they should be healthy now. Uh, if you overplayed some individuals, they've had tons of time off. You know, you think of a guy like like Leon Drysital or McDavid that that were logging big minutes or anybody else that was eating up large minutes, especially as a forward, you know, they've had all this time for their bodies to recover. There's never been a Stanley cup playoff that begins with every team that's in it. And it's an expanded field, obviously with the play in where everyone's starting at a hundred and it should make for just incredible hockey. I mean, like breakneck, uh, try to win it, and we'll get into that in a second too. Because I think in the time off, it sounds like to me that the the Stars brass had an opportunity to kind of reset the way they want to play, and re- and examine what what was wrong with their with their game, why they weren't consistent, especially offensively, and it, it seems like they're they're going to return a much more aggressive attack oriented sort of dictational squad, you know, they're going to lay it to the other side and and see if they can hang with them. Now with that, they don't want to be morons and and just play hell bent and uh, hope they can outscore their, their issues. They want to be smart about it, but I I don't think there's any question. They're going to be way more aggressive than what we saw uh, for most of the regular season and rely on, on their goaltending a little bit more. They have, they have two incredible netminders, and uh, they're going to have to be prime guys for them, not that they weren't before, but certainly if they're going to you know, send four guys on, on attack, they're going to get caught from time to time. And uh, when that happens, you've got to get bailed out by the guys in the, in the mask. So I, I think that's probably going to be the biggest change that that fans see when when they watch this team again, that, that they're just going to be more aggressive. I, I think most teams, don't you, Mike, that are going to be in this thing, let's just say in the West, most teams are going to play to win, not play not to lose, if that makes any sense. Yeah, makes You know the the, the the old idea of, hey, let's just keep our mistakes to a minimum and you know, get the lead and try to protect it or – you know stay patient I don't think there's gonna be any patience involved in this thing, especially <laughs> early I think it's just gonna be go 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 and see if the other side can hang with your stuff and uh and hope you get the better performance out of the guys at the end of the ring so yeah. you know the the there's so many individuals they can they can pull from too with these expanded rosters for this you know you're not dealing with just you know, twenty-three guys on your on your roster. You've got thirty-plus players, and and uh, and the other part of it that I, I don't know where I fall yet. But it, you talked about the veterans, and there's there's always going to be stuff that comes up and things that go on. Nobody's ever seen this though, so I, I don't I don't know how much from the outside veteran guys can can help in this circumstance this time. They certainly can in their voice and in the play on the ice and the things that happen on the ice. Uh, But is it going to be, you know, who's successful and and who falls by the wayside? Is that going to be dictated by your youth primarily, or is it going to be dictated by your veteran guys who've been there, done that before and and can help kind of usher some of the younger guys along? I I have no idea. I I think that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch.
1: No, it's a great question because the league is tending towards the youth being the best players, and then, you know, the youth now will come in here with their young legs and be able to adjust, I think, to a very quick pace, and then the veterans are rested, and then can their experience, as things, you know, get ramped up, will they react in a better way than maybe the youth would to whatever sort of pressure is put on them? So it's a great – you're right, it's a great – uh, Storyline to watch to see who which players best adjust to this. And from a coaching standpoint, when do you ever get a, a
2: training camp before the playoffs when you replace the other head coach during the year? <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> it's another bizarre fact that that the stars have an advantage in, in a lot of ways that uh, in, instead of just trying to maintain things and and keep things going on the fly and and do the best that you can and and Rick has uh has always been a delegator of authority he said that from day one it's a, it's a group effort not just him but the the advantage of being able to have even a mini camp like this to just plow through systems and and put in place what your game is what your identity is going to be And and then hit the gas when you you get to Edmonton and start playing uh, games for real. I I mean that that's something that nobody saw coming (laughs) prior to this thing, but it it could be a major advantage. And I, I, I would think like any short tournament, international tournament, Olympics, any you know the World Cup, you you have to have the ability to 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 make real swift quick changes tactically from in behind your bench too Um, then that's where you know coaching I would think is going to be a big big part of this thing too not that it isn't in in uh, a regular uh, playoff year but man it just seems like you you yeah, it's such so compact and such a different world and the fact that you know the the, no fans in there's no real home ice advantage like all these factors that will be talking about leading up to this um so i guess basically what we're saying is uh it, it's going to be so different that goaltending coaching youth or veterans some of those guys or all of those guys are going to be very important uh to seeing where, whether you can get through this thing and and march four rounds and win 16 plus games and win a stanley cup
1: yeah and i think you look back at last year and you think okay if jamie ben would have scored that one goal could you know, Dallas have gone on and, and, and really made an impact and that's the playoffs. I mean one play here and there and how you adjust to that one play, uh it, it really changes everything. So we can sit here and speculate about yeah, everything, but until you get out on the ice I agree. You know, and, I, and I, I think I think they're a great matchup with a lot of different teams. Um so it's gonna be, you know, one to watch the other teams get through their little qualifying or you know uh play in rounds and then see who the stars go up against. Um, I'm excited. There's just so many great storylines that can be. Oh, I know. And there's, there's
2: so much unknown, you know, how, uh, how much of a factor will the sort of, uh, dystopic atmosphere. They'll do, they'll do the, the the NHL does some incredible things and, and they'll manufacture some kind of atmosphere within there. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but it's just not. I mean, maybe the greatest thing about our sport are, the buildings, the venues uh, come Stanley cup playoff time. I mean, and it's, you're going to be void of that this year because of this, this pandemic. So um, I I get a kick though. Like people are already asking the players, you know, uh, what, what do you feel about no fans? How how do you, how do you think they have no idea? You know, they answer the question, but how do you answer that question? You've never played a Stanley cup playoff game in an empty building. Nobody has. So uh, yeah, it'll be fascinating
1: as we move forward. Yeah, a couple of the guys I've talked to uh, inside the management group, I believe, think that how a player or group of players reacts to all this, like you know, if, if you're down three to one and you know you're getting homesick, are you going to be able to really go to the wall to try and push through? To oh win yeah, the, the, game? the mental, yeah, the, the the mental part of this thing.
2: It, is always a major, major factor come uh, playoff time. You know, you, can you play hurt? You can't play injured, but, but can you play hurt? And and how deep down do you want to dig? How how badly do you want to win? Um, you know, there's a just a absolute bucket of cliches you can throw at it. But now you you bring into this, you're away from your families. Does it affect the veteran guys more than the young guys? I mean, it's just it's endless. Uh but tons of time to get to all of that. What what I'm curious about with both of you guys, um <laughs> uh, did did the, the men of Rinky Dink fame uh did did they change at all? Uh, have they altered uh their their being in the past five months with this shutdown?
1: Uh, for me, um, I might be a little bit better as far as uh, maintaining health and things of that nature just because of the time element. Um, you Did you drop 50? No, I wish I would have. I, I don't weigh myself. I need to, but I've been walking a lot, and, and so my clothes are, are looser, so that's a good thing. But it's more about I need to, you know, just be healthier. I'm 59 years old. I feel like Rick Bonus out here. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm an old man. I, I need to take care of myself. And so I did use the extra time to help with that. Um, did you fly your craft at all during the break? No. Did you and, write a and, book or anything? Or? No, Tom, <laughs> Tom Holy was asking me about that. and, and Why didn't you write like, a book? I should have. Uh, It's funny because I've got a a children's book in my head and I got some other stuff going. And I just I don't know why I just didn't write anything. And that so, you know, in that regard, it was a wasted opportunity. And, you know, hopefully in future breaks, I'll be able to, you know, maybe be better at that. Well,
2: uh, in fairness to you, though, Mike, uh, and for everyone, there there was a lot rattling around in everyone's minds as this thing was going on. (laughs) it was a little distracting too. You know, there's family time and there's downtime and too much time, but there was also what is going on in our world. So, um, you know, I do Did you, what did you do? What what is the, (laughs) what is the 20 something do during a pandemic? It's, It's one thing for, you know, the, the 50 plus crowd and we can socially distance probably a lot better than a teen or somebody in their 20s can, so
0: what did what did you change? There was very little deep or profound change for me. Uh, it was a lot of maintaining and surviving. Um, but I will say one thing that was a positive change, and it relates to our line of work, is I definitely developed an appreciation for the minutia of the day-to-day of the hockey season, um, if that makes sense. I guess you guys have been doing it three times as long as me. Um, And it gets really like some of the stuff like morning skates, some media availability, some of those things in the regular season and preseason get a bit redundant and tough. And to be without doing any of that for months sort of, I guess just gave you like you, you missed it and you look forward to any, any sort of minuscule bit of media coverage you get to take a part in going forward. So definitely excited to be back.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's just weird to space yourself from uh society for that long and right. And uh and we are creatures of habit and routine and when that gets crushed like it did, uh it's it's a weird world and then you're coming back to something that isn't normal um and you're trying to navigate through that too. So uh challenges uh all over the map and and meeting them. I like I, I like the fact that everybody seems to be trying to figure this stuff out and and stay healthy and and uh, still march forward uh it's not easy but and it wasn't easy to do many things during the the shutdown anyway because a lot of stuff was closed for uh quite a while and uh it was just it was just weird so uh i'm what I did, I'm no longer Canadian. That's how long the shutdown was. I'm uh USA, USA. <laughs> I yeah. Uh but even that was, you know, my God. I look, I've I've spoken American for a long, long time. So it wasn't difficult uh as far as uh language is concerned in uh getting my American citizenship. Uh but it's quite an odyssey gaining Citizenship during a national shutdown and a global pandemic and everything else, but managed to do it, and uh, it's 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 quite a it's quite a journey there, Mike Taika
1: I'm intrigued by all of this from from the simple fact that you are you have so much pride in being Canadian and you oh, know, and I still,
0: I still and do you're still I Canadian, mean, yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I think it's interesting that you would take this step to become an American citizen. And that you know I think you you it you had to learn a ton just going through it well, i mean in in,
2: in fairness it this started like a year ago. It wasn't like I just sat right. down one day during the pandemic going, yeah, I think I'll become american uh but i I've, I've lived down here for thirty years, so it's it's like, what are you doing oh, I, you know I, everybody in my family's american it, except for me here, so it it just I don't know why I waited this long to do it, but I did. And then it became almost impossible to get it uh, actually done. Uh, But man, you you, look, when you're going to school in rural Canada, you don't learn a lot about who wrote the Declaration of Independence. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, by the way. And uh, how many, how many, uh, senators there are and the house of representatives and uh, term limits and everything else. Right. But you, you study for it. That was the most nerve wracking part of it was, you know, they, they give you like a hundred questions to to pour over about us history. And then you have to go into your interview and they're going to ask you 10 and, but, but they can be any 10. So you better know your stuff. And uh, I had it slammed. I was aces <laughs> in that. <laughs> <laughs> did you, you get your score back? What's
0: that? You know, did you get your score back?
2: Do yeah. You, oh, yeah. I, I was 10 it? to 10, please. Nice. nice. Yes. I'm not, just, I'm not just American. I'm a great American. All now. the way. And Mike asked me before we came on why I would, why I would do this. And uh, my uh, smart-ass answer to that was, that well, America needs me right now. There's, there's no question. <laughs> So, uh, I'm here for you, America. That's a hundred
1: percent right. And we do need you. Know, we need all the help we can get. Well, That's that's the old line. The, the world could use more
2: Canadians and dogs. So there you go.
1: <laughs> well, I look forward to your impact on our country. Yeah. Well, I, I
2: hope to have a positive impact, Mike. That's the only thing. So, <laughs> you will. but it, it was, uh, it, you know what, when you, when you, it actually gets consummated as it did yesterday. You're, you're like, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty wild. I mean, you do it in a room with everyone with masks on eight feet from one another and nobody can come in with you again. It's just <laughs> it's not the way I had it envisioned when I started, uh, but, uh, very proud to be an American. So there you go. And you earned it. I think you, you, you know, you, you really
1: worked hard to earn it.
2: I did. Yeah. I, I certainly did. Now I can't get out of jury duty anymore by saying I'm Canadian. <laughs> um, what What about the, the the fears of this whole thing uh, churning and burning its way toward Edmonton and Toronto? Do you, do you have any? And and how this how this actually gets to where they drop a puck in those two venues?
1: But when you look at other sports, I mean, FC Dallas had to completely shut right. down their season right. because they had so many positives. And you're talking about what, five or six? Well, I guess you could get by with that because you got 30 skaters, but you know, you get any, any more beyond that and you have to lose players for two weeks, you might not be able to, you know, ice a full roster or, yeah. or some team might not be able to. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think there's concerns because if one guy gets it or two guys get it, then, you know, what, what are the chances of it spreading? Yeah, I have
2: to think, though, knowing hockey players as I do, that, uh, that nobody wants. It, it's it's the sport. Not that other ones aren't this way too, but obviously, I'm more intimate with this one that where you really don't want to let down the other guys around you. Yeah. You're, you're 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 really so reliant on that in in this physical sport. So I, I would think that that they. They're gonna they're gonna use their noggin's and make sure that they uh, do the right things to make sure they stay healthy enough to to get there. And then once they get there, I don't think the issues are are as big as they would be in in places like Dallas right now, where yeah. uh, the virus is is spiking.
1: The fact that they've got to uh, phase two with nobody, at least nobody I know of, that's declared unfit to play, is a great sign.
2: Yeah. And you see, like the Penguins, they they hold out nine guys first day of camp uh, because there was some cursory exposure to an individual who might uh, be asymptomatic. Man, the verbiage is just unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? And but uh, I think they're all going to do that, you know, just abundance of caution and and get yourself there. And uh, you know, even Rick Bonus talked about it yesterday from uh, the you know. Uh, a veteran coach's perspective where you know the virus is out there and you're exposed to this stuff and you you want to you know make smart choices and and uh, you know mike kitchen bowed out already uh from a staff and I, you don't blame anybody for doing uh that if you any underlying medical conditions or either the individual or his family members yeah i mean you got to make yeah, family first. We've always said that, so
1: it certainly applies now. Yeah, and we've seen it with baseball players as well. If they have you know children at home or pregnant wives, or nobody's going to judge you on that. Everybody understands just you know how serious all of this is.
2: The baseball one's going to be fascinating because they're a traveling bubble. I, I don't know, I don't know how that works. Do you? No, I mean it's one thing to just pack everybody up, plop them into uh, two hotels in uh, a, Cana- a northern province, Canadian city, and uh, and then ha- have a team of baseball players traveling uh, around and playing in this city and then in that city and then in that city. wow, that's that that is a daunting challenge that one.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, but back to hockey. The what, what about uh, injuries? What do you think the level of concern is uh, for significant injuries or injuries to significance uh, as these camps go on and they ramp up and you get closer and then, you, you know, it goes up another ten levels once the games really mean something?
1: Yeah, you don't have the ramp. It's so funny, uh, you know, when you talk to injured players during a regular season. Uh, so they let's say they've been out from February to April or March – uh, and they just talk about how the level of play when they return from February to April has really increased. And here everybody's just going to have to go in full bore off a you know, standing start. I mean, the Stars are lucky, and they, they do get those uh, three round-robin yeah. games. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I think injuries are, are definitely a factor, and especially when you consider guys who are coming back from injury who really haven't gotten a chance to go through you know, a, a warm-up of any kind. Um, You know, I I
0: think I think we're going to
2: I would be surprised if there aren't a lot of soft tissue issues, Uh, you know, groins and hamstrings and and things like that. Uh, I think I read an article about the NBA when they came back from uh, was it labor strife? And they came back and they had just a bunch of Achilles injuries. Um, And some people predicted it. They're like, you, you come back and and you're going at 75% and then all of a sudden you kick it to 100% and maybe your body doesn't re- respond cuz you skipped the step in there. Uh I don't know. Uh they they're incredible athletes nowadays though and they're so taken care of. And then the other part is that these expanded rosters. I mean, you lose a guy, you can you can plug another body in there. It's just going to be dependent on who the individual is that you lose. Some guys are more replaceable than others. They don't like to believe it, but they are. Yeah. And, uh, and and especially at the position of goal, and uh, there's a lot of forwards, there's a lot of defensemen, but when you look at training camp rosters and there's five goaltenders, you're like, yeah, I'd have at least five uh, just in case you don't want to end up with a emergency goaltender in uh, <laughs> Edmonton or Toronto trying to win the conference or even your first round. Uh, so there are there are a lot of goaltenders. Uh, they need them for camp anyway. But ha- having five guys ready to go seems smart to me. Yeah, definitely. What about the oddness? Uh, how how big a factor do you think that will be as far as you know the fears of? Uh, we talked about it a little bit a moment ago with you know same hotel. They're quarantined. No fans. They're all in this literal bubble. Uh, life is going on outside of it, uh, and you can stay way more connected nowadays than you ever could on this planet because of technology, but still, I mean, it's not the same. We proved that with Zoom calls up the Zoom call, and uh, they're, they got tough to watch after a while, but it's, it's a way of, of getting this stuff done. But do you think the oddness is a, a legitimate fear?
1: Yeah, and again, this all goes to the mental strength of the players and being able to, you know, battle all that, battle the fact you're missing your kids or maybe an important event in your life or or who knows what your parents are going through or your family or whatever. I mean, everybody has their own issues, and you really can't do anything about it other than call them on a Zoom call. Uh, So that's going to be really hard. Uh, The interesting thing to me is that this is going to be a real Stanley Cup. And it's, I mean, like, you can sit there and say in Dallas or Vegas or wherever, Edmonton, and say, you're going to have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And, and I think as the players start to grasp that, that will be what helps them mentally. Uh, the fact that they really can have a chance to make one of their childhood dreams come true. And so I think they're going to just have to keep going back to that and rely on each other, rely on their teammates. Uh, to, to keep driving that home and, and to you know pull together mentally as a group.
2: If they don't get a vaccine, the, the Stanley Cup parties are going to suck, though, right?
1: No <laughs> Washington Capitals parties here.
2: No. Uh, everyone gets a straw, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they'll drink that way. Uh, I don't know how they would all drink out of the Stanley Cup, but I, I don't know. They'll figure it out as they go forward. Uh, What about what are you uh, titillated by uh, with this restart?
1: Um, I mean, personally, for the stars, can this work? Uh, Because I do think there's a certain balance of are they going to go too far and try and be too risky? And will that backfire on them? Um, you know, so from that regard, you know, just in, on the Dallas Stars team, uh, the other one is I'm I'm kind of excited to see some of these new new faces, new players in these in these playoffs. You know, uh, I, I want to see the Edmonton Oilers and what they can do. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be exciting, and, and I do think, as you suggested earlier, that there's going to be teams that are just going for it. Uh, so I think that brand of hockey is going to be a very exciting brand of hockey. Go big or go home. Yeah, that, that'll be.
2: Echoing around Rogers' place up there, go big or go home. Uh, I I agree. I I think the the high sort of hyper compact petri dish of this all has me excited just to see how this actually unfolds. And you know, the early play-ins I'm fascinated by because it's it's really the the first taste of this. Uh, environment and, and uh, you know teams with a chance, and it's weird because you got teams with a chance to continue on, and you also have teams with, with a chance to pick really really high in the draft if they get it out of it immediately. <laughs> so it's it's pretty weird in that respect, and and just the fact that we're going to have hockey games in August, uh, you know, just it, it it just seems so bizarre, you know. And, and so many games all at once in the early going. You're just going to sit there, and it's, it's going to be uh, hockey sensory overload and, and awesome. Yeah. Just absolutely awesome. If they, if they can get there and get it going. I have, I have no reservations whatsoever that once, once they get going, because I, I know as a player how even in a, a packed building – uh, and a hostel building on the road, things narrow very quickly. I mean, people ask, did you hear this? somebody who's shouting? You don't hear anything then. And once the competition gets going and the focus gets gets uh, uh, narrowed for both sides, all the other stuff will go away for that time. It, we've always said in past, whether it's in good times or in bad times, the the rink, and especially on the rink, is like a safe place, and it's normalcy. And once they get out there, it's five guys and a goaltender, and it's referees and uh, music on whistles, and away they go. So uh, I don't think they'll have uh, that big of an issue uh, once they get going. I think there will be a little, uh, you know, sort of stand back, like how is this thing going to go leading into it? Uh, But once they get going, uh, it'll all probably fade and wash away a little bit, and it'll just be – um, just spectacular competition, I, I believe.
1: Yeah. And I think it's funny, back in – one of my great hockey memories is uh, being with you guys and the TV crew on uh, off nights in Edmonton in the first round, and we'd get to the bar at 5 o'clock and just watch games all night long. Yeah. And and that's kind of what this is going to be pretty much every day. Uh, like I said, in the early going, where you're just sitting there watching hockey games all day long. And, yeah every game I think has the potential to be a really good entertainment spectacle. And so that to me is going to be fantastic.
2: Yeah. Well, why would it not? I mean, these playing games are best of five. So even if a team's down six, nothing, I mean, they have to do stuff to try to get back in. You, you you can't, and they're all one-offs. It's the Stanley cup playoffs. It's the way it works. You know, one game doesn't really feed into the other. Uh, You, you, you play that game. You put everything you can into it to try to win it, and then you you clean off, you regroup, uh, and then you go at it again in, in the next one. So, um, but those man, those play-ins can be over in a hurry. You get you drop two games, you're done, pretty much. Yeah, you o- would think, or or are you going to be well, done? Well, and
1: then what if the, what if we get a double or triple overtime in one of these games? Yeah, I know there might be five games going at once. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of work to get there first. I don't even know how we're tackling television yet, so uh, I can't uh, divulge any of that stuff yet. But uh, we have more rinky dinkings to come, so yeah, plenty uh, of time. I guess we'll we'll go full disclosure on that. It's just good to talk a little shop again. I'm with you though, Mike and and Tosi. I the the, the thing I'll miss is is the traveling group that is separated even more so from. The actual hockey department and group come playoff time for understandable reasons and uh, we have our own little team off to the side and and we're in in sort of a go mode and uh you know the game is the game all the fluff outside of it doesn't seem to matter as much it's more about just the competition and making sure that you cover it uh, at an excellent level and uh, that'll be our goal again although it'll be a very different than anything that we've done here before, in in bringing it to our fans. But just the fact that we're going to be bringing Stanley Cup playoff hockey to the fans in August at all in the middle of a pandemic is incredible.
1: Yeah, you've always been unique, Razor, and this is a unique opportunity. So, I think well, I'm, I'm not hope- only unique
2: now, Mike. You know what I am? <laughs> I'm American. <laughs> You are, you're both, yes. which is yes, even I better. Am. And Totes, if you don't play some beautiful, uh, I don't know what you want to play on the way out. Not the Thunder. Star Spangled Banner. You, you, you can you can play something else, can't you? Something American. We can find it. Yeah. Maybe uh, Born to be an American. I don't know. I don't know all the songs. that They weren't on the test. <laughs> that, should,
0: that should be a component of citizenship test, so. though what's that What song yeah like bruce springsteen named that tune and stuff like that yeah yeah so just as important as constitutional authors
2: exactly yeah exactly uh, well you guys can test me on the bus when we ever get going again but in the meantime proud to be an american glad to be back on uh rinky dinking with all of you hopefully we gave some people uh, a chance to to be optimistic about both games being played and the fortunes of our little stars. So, uh, until next time, boys, uh, back into your COVID rooms and, uh, we'll do it again next week.
1: Is that the plan? I am next week. Is it weekly?
0: Let's do it.
2: All right. We'll talk to you next week.
0: USA, were USA.
1: you were you This is America. Don't catch your slipping now. Don't catch your slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch your slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch your slipping now.